Are you tired, frustrated, and feel stuck? Are you a high-performing business professional, entrepreneur, and you are not getting the results you desire or you hit a ceiling? Have you been around the block and tried many modalities? You are in the right place. The answer, my friend, is in the little-known brain-soul connection. Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your dream life. Your host, Louise Schwartzwalter, created a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. You are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. The seed of all you need is already within you. From engaging transformational interviews, brain-soul success stories, and secrets shared by health, wellness, and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brain Soul Success Show. Wow, you are in for another real treat today. We have Dr. Jill Valerius. Um, she is a board-certified family and integrative medicine doctor, um, trained in you know conventional medicine, and then went off into functional medicine. And uh, wait till you hear where she lives and what she's doing with her practice. It's really cool. Um, she started her medical career as certified athletic trainer, actually. She's been practicing in Matsu Valley. So Matsu Valley, where in Alaska is that, Jill? So thank you, Louise. It's so <laughs> great to be here with you. The uh, Matsu Valley is just north of Anchorage, okay. probably about 45 minutes. So if people uh, look at, you know, Alaska is a really big state and there's a big glob in the middle and then a little arm that goes kind of down if you're looking at the map to the left and one down to the right. Anchorage is kind of right on that lower central part. And that's why we're we're actually called South Central. Okay. Is the, okay. Is the, is the larger area, but I'm just north of Anchorage. You're just north of Anchorage. What's like the population there? Like how many people are there? Uh, in Palmer, where I live in practice, there mm -hmm. are about 6,600 people. So okay. pretty small. Mm -hmm. uh, but in our, uh, in what we call a borough, which is like a county, uh, we've probably, boy, I bet in kind of our service area, probably 140,000, 130,000. Okay. So a lot okay. of people in the area and kind of our, our county size, boy, like it's, uh, it's bigger than Rhode Island. Like you, the, you know, like if you got hurt, you could be a six hour ambulance right away from a hospital. Like the, it's that big. It's super, that big. Wow. Super, okay. super vast and kind of roads around roads around the periphery. Okay. Okay. Wow. Uh, thank you for that description. Cause I mean, I can't even picture it. And I'm like, I wanted our audience to understand, Hey, you know what? You're, you're, you're not, you're not rural. You're right outside of Anchorage, but it's still, right. it's still not populated. Like it would be a big, big city here in the States. Right. Um, for, for sure. Like when you yeah. think about the population of Alaska is only 750,000 people. 
Uh, like whole state. So whole state. Wow. Wow. That's just so cool. You know, and the other one, we're going to talk about this. I'm super excited about this because, you know, if you are listening today and, you know, you're a functional medicine doctor, you're a, you're a med, you know, medical doctor, you're someone who's interested in natural health and healing. um, What you did was really cool is you created a membership based practice. Um, and we're going to talk about that. And I know that you're passionate about the fact that the future of healthcare really needs to focus on educating and empowering people um, to make those choices to create their health rather than just diagnosing ailments and disease. You know, you are in helping people empower them. And I know you do more than prescribing medications. You're working with your patients. You're helping yes. them learn how to stay healthy and be healthy. It's a lot more proactive, isn't it? It, it is. And I, I really feel like with the future of medicine in the last two years, or are we going on two and a half years of a pandemic, mm-hmm. has really, really emphasized, I think, our need to focus on health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we, uh, as a society and as a whole, we're clearly very vulnerable. Yes. We're very, very vulnerable. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of that has to do with well, really poor nutrition, certainly United States, poor food options. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we're subsidizing not great crops and we want to mass produce. And I think we're learning the downsides of, you know, a calorie dense, but nutritionally deficient diet. That's really a beautiful way to say that. That's exactly what's happening. Hey, you know what my secret wish is? I want to take a big, one of those big dumpster things um, that like when you demolition a house and I want to, I want to break through a window of a Smith's or an Albertson's or your grocery store there. Um, actually break the window, like actually do like, this is a little radical and, and break through and take all the box foods and start throwing them in this dumpster and make a point that that's not really food. It's not nutritionally valuable, you know, and then have all my clients bail me out of jail. Uh, (laughs) 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 So when you take, when you say, you know, nutritionally, you know, yeah, we have to start growing our own food. And, you know, I know that you like to cook too, and, and reading, you like to read and do outdoor activities when you're not, when you're not in the office. Um, so we will talk about and learn a little bit about you too, but what, what even motivated you to go into family medicine in the first place? So I, when I was pretty little, uh, my mom reminded me, reminds me of the story, but I had seen somebody that uh, must have had some sort of a disability. And it, it was then that I was like, I want to be a doctor and I'm going to help people. Mm-hmm. And so even as early as my second grade teacher was a neighbor to uh, one of my grandmothers and before both of them passed away, which has now been years ago, my second grade teacher asked my grandma if I was a doctor yet. And at that time I was in medical school. Oh, that's such a great story. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, family medicine, I, Fortunately, when I was growing up, my my mom went back to school and uh, got became a medical assistant and then an LPN and then an RN. And she ended up in a family medicine uh, residency clinic in St. Paul, Minnesota. Ah. And so as a kid, 
on breaks, I would get to go into St. Paul, like with my best friend and we get to go shopping all day. But, you know, I was running around and in and out of this residency clinic as a home base. And two of the docs going through for much of the time when my mom was there uh, became my family physicians. And so, so then she worked for them. And then I just had this life. I've had, had a lifelong relationship with those really my first mentors. And so I'm, I'm pretty certain that shaped how I ended up back in family medicine. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's wonderful. You had such great role models then and then support, support too. Absolutely. To follow, to follow your, to follow your dream and follow your heart. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's really, that's really wonderful. You know, I know that, you know, you also were conventional medicine for a while, you practiced that, and then you switched over to more functional medicine. Um, what even motivated you to get involved in functional and more integrative type of medicine? So uh, I was exposed to a, a couple more mentors. Okay. One uh, in probably my second or third year of medical school that was uh, a resident at the time in Duluth, Minnesota, where I was in medical school. And uh, she was practiced kind of integrative medicine. And that was, um, that was, that was a little bit of a newer term. Certainly in Minnesota, it was a newer term, Uh Uh, you know, and that was uh, mid nineties. And so I, I ended up buying a book. And so I always had this integrative medicine book that I would read once in a while. And, and then in residency, I got the opportunity to go up and work with this uh, practitioner who was a friend and a mentor to this day and another further uh, up the North shore in Minnesota. And so I got exposed to that again. And so as as I was on my path uh, and I would say I was probably seven or eight years into my career uh, at the time. And I just really was becoming disenchanted with medicine. Oh, okay. Really, really disenchanted. I, I could tell, like, I wasn't helping anybody. People mm-hmm. would come in, you had to have a quick visit, you basically was writing prescriptions. And so I wasn't, I, number one, I didn't feel like I, I had all the tools I needed. Mm-hmm. And, and number two, if I had all the tools, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have time to do anything with them. And oh, so, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that has led to changes down the road, but so I really had hit a point where um, I kept functional medicine came back into my head. Mm-hmm. Finally, the timing was just right. And, and so I went in a matter of uh, probably two and a half years, I went through all the functional medicine training and got certified through the Institute for Functional Medicine. I studied all the integrative medicine stuff. I got board certified in integrative medicine all mm-hmm. at that same time. And, and I, I half joke, half serious was like, had I not made that transition, I was really honestly looking at like Barnett's bicycle school down in Oregon. And I was like, going to become a wheel builder. <laughs> like I just, you, know, I joke, you were pretty, I, I it sounds of, like you were frustrated. You were really frustrated. Yeah. It was a turning point for you. It's a huge turning point for me. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and that has, you know, that, that was empowering for me as a physician mm-hmm. because physicians through training aren't necessarily empowered. Oh, good point. You, you know, yeah. we're just, 
funneled. I mean, you've been through that sort of schooling too. Like you're just, you're drinking from a fire hose. So you're just trying to absorb and remember and all of those things, but mm-hmm. you're, we're not always empowered. And I think a lot of it by function of how busy you are and all these different criteria and insurance-based things, you only have so much time and all that, like that's not empowering to think and ask questions. Right. Right. So I love, again, what you're doing you know, being able to work with people and empower them. You mm-hmm. know, I know you say that that's what's kind of missing in the and, and it sounds like it's not just missing with doctors being trained and empowered, but also that doctor-patient relationship that you, after you're out of school and doing your practice, that you don't really have time to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that challenge that you had, I want to ask about your challenges in your life. You know, the challenge and that turning point about, you know, when you went into functional medicine Mm -hmm. and started really feeling and just absorbing all of all of that, it sounds like that was a turning point. Any other places in your life where you've had a challenge that's really kind of affected your brain power or changed the direction of your life that you can you can share with us? Yeah, you know, I would say a few years into my functional medicine training, um, I was in a uh, practice that I'd helped start here in Alaska, and uh, the practice was really growing, and it appeared to me that that the way I wanted to practice and the way Mm -hmm. that I was seeing medicine was very, was not in alignment with where I was. Okay. Uh-huh. And so it was it was a prolonged period of discovery till eventually, um, you know, and a whole bunch of things happened at once. I think I was feeling a lot of stress at that time. Um, I mean, I certainly was feeling a lot of stress at that time because it's hard to leave a practice. It's, you know, all the things mm-hmm. I had also um, during that time been diagnosed with an early stage breast cancer. Oh, okay. So, so I was working through that mm-hmm. um, and all the while planning to leave this practice, like putting all of the pieces in place. So I, I don't ever do it, you know, one thing at a time. Like I <laughs> seems like I do two or three. Uh-huh. So, so as I navigated that path, um, I also really put into place setting up my own practice in in Palmer where I live and practice now and so yeah it was just another big turning point and you know mm-hmm. there there's all kinds of ideas about when you have significant health events you know yes. like what plays into that how much is stress or how you know all of these different things so you know it was you know I look back at that I think I've had other more stressful times mm-hmm. honestly I um I, during that whole time, I was so focused on my health and eating and movement and meditation and yoga and all those things that like, despite all of the stuff, like I was, I feel like I really was managing all of that quite well. And, and I think it's, it's one of those things when you get into uh, major decision points, uh, you know, we all have to hit a point sometimes where staying becomes, uh, if painful is the right word, mm-hmm. it is more painful than change, you know, and, and oh, change, yeah. change is difficult. 
Sure. And you did it though. You know, you did it. And you know, and you're, and you're right. You know, we could talk, we talk about the fact that, you know, oftentimes a physical body issue, I see this a lot, you know, comes from, you know, stress. I've done biofeedback for years, so I'm working on stress all the time, you know? Uh, And so it's the stress in our life, whether it's a physical stress, breast cancer, you know, mental, emotional stress. Hey, I'm not, you know, this practice isn't right for me anymore. It's not in alignment with my, with my purpose, what I want to do, you know, so you kind of had it all. And I see that happen a lot for people where it happens all at the same time and you're transforming your life. You're changing. Right. You know, how did it affect you spiritually at that time? You know, I think actually, uh, (laughs) when I think (laughs) about that, you know, that was probably another period of spiritual growth Mm -hmm. and being on my own in practice you know, I think we all like people think things happen in this, you know, logarithmic way or, you know, things happen and they go down and up. But uh, that was really a, a boost in my spiritual growth. And and I think really uh, meditation was really, yo, yeah, like yoga and meditation played a really big role for me. And at other times, um, I can think of in the last few years, uh, a movement like Qigong. Nice. Really mm-hmm. interesting in how that propels. And so I think, you know, in the, I would say in the last eight years that I've been on my own, I've also had significant um, spiritual growth and interest in different things. And I think that's also part of time, you know, having time. And when you uh, can be more heart focused and make that connection with your patients, that naturally becomes part of it. Yes. Yes. So you can see what, at least what I I feel you're saying here is you can see your growth. And as you grew, your practice grew and you were able to help people in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. From a more heart-based medicine place and not a mind medicine place. Right. And I, and that still happens today, you know, Mm -hmm. like I I learn every day. I learn Mm -hmm. something every day, whether, you know, whether it's a patient care day or a non-patient care day, like I hope everyone learns something every day. Um, But I, I'm always uh, amazed and honored at what I learned in the exchange with people. Yes, that's why I love doing these podcasts, honestly, Jill, because of the interaction and the conversation. I feel like we learn from that, from the connection with people. And we certainly lost connection during COVID. Right. It didn't feel the same, you know, and it's still, we're still navigating <laughs> this, whatever this new world is and recreating our, ourselves, all of us on a different level, I think. Right. No, we, yeah, we're going to be navigating for a while. And yeah. that's okay. You know, navigation yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Change is, you know, change is good. You have such a beautiful attitude and a beautiful spirit um, about learning and growth. I can just imagine. I mean, I would love for you to be my doctor. <laughs> 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 can you like, can you like, do you do telehealth? Like, do you, do you know, I do a little bit, but <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, as a, as an MD, there's so many regulations around crossing state lines and all of those things. And Uh so, uh, you know, it's one thing that I think about all the time. Um, 
And so I don't, you know, I think in the future, I will mm-hmm. be doing more of that, but I, uh, I'm so committed to my practice right now too, that I, um, that I've, I've committed to a size and a structure that okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to let patients down. And I don't, I don't want them to feel that I'm, you know, now, now getting too big again to, to focus. To focus on that. Yeah. that. Oh, that's, that's really, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that, that makes sense to me. And I know that you're, you have a different sort of practice in that you use a membership. Describe yeah. that to describe that a little bit. Yeah. So work? Uh, back in 2019, well, in 2018, I was thinking about it, but I, uh, I started a membership practice. I was a traditional fee for service. So you come in and um, I, you know, bill insurance or pay cash or whatever for each visit. Um, I, I developed a membership that is a hybrid. Uh, And so I, I still take insurance, Mm -hmm. but I also see some people on what you'd call a direct pay. Okay. And, Mm -hmm. and of course I was told, you know, like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And you know, I just got to do what feels right for me. So that has worked really well. So each of my patients, um, they pay a membership fee mm-hmm. and uh, my practice is limited uh, to to about 275 adults. Okay. And, and with that are, are children as well. So I probably have more than hundred children in the practice as well. Okay. And so, so as a parent that signs up for my practice, I see their children as part of their membership. Nice. You could just and, see and the so families. There, yeah. yeah. There's, just, there's a different structure. There's a different fee structure. If I still am billing your insurance in addition um, versus if you're just paying me directly. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it works out uh, really nicely for, for both of us. My patients know who they're going to see. They have mm-hmm. access to me. Um and I have time to spend with people, you know, like I can, I can do a very quick visit if, if you need something quickly, but generally I'm, you know, for a, a well visit, probably an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. So, you You're know, spending and, time. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And most of my follow-ups are 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that, um, yeah, this, this structure allows me to focus on a smaller group of people versus before I went into this, I had 2,500 patients and it's just really, it's really hard to, for me to remember who people are, Mm -hmm. to juggle all of those things. So I feel like I can uh, deliver a better, you know, a better quality of care um, and more comprehensive quality of care when I'm focused on, a smaller group of people, a smaller group of people. And you get to know the families, you know, Um, you know, I kind of shifted, you know, so I went my natural path. I had a brick and mortar business and I moved home and I went online and, and now I'm coaching and doing more of that, doing more of that and teaching, teaching Mm -hmm. my system. But you know what? I still have connection to my local people here. I still see some local people and, you know, I just talked to somebody who I like work with their family and their dog, you know, I mean, I did, you know, and right? I, I love that, you know, I just love that. I love the connection, you know, the connection. And, and if I could clone myself, I would, I would, I would see even more people or stay connected. I, I mean, I, I telepathic 
I think I have telepathic communication where I think of somebody in the shower. Do you do this? I and, totally like, do. and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I want to talk to them right now. And I thought, okay, well, the only thing I can do is quickly send a text and go, hey, I'm thinking of you, you know? Uh, so yeah. so I, I do. I just want all of my people to know that I'm still very connected to them, even if we haven't talked. Yeah. And for me, yeah. this was a way, and I think it's so important that functional medicine sometimes gets put in this box like it um, only deals with really complex things and and I, I know many of my colleagues uh, only act as consultants and okay. so somebody has to have a primary care physician and I, and I have the advantage of that I am a family medicine trained yes. physician yeah I've delivered babies in the past I've done all of the things um, but to me it really goes hand in hand with family medicine, because mm -hmm. if functional medicine is only used at times of stress and strain and disease and burden, mm -hmm. you know, to me, like if we really want to change the system, you know, it's talking about food and, you know, things during pre-pregnancy, you mm -hmm. know, the whole life. And with kids, like I love to hand out little sheets that I get through functional medicine that like talks about different colors and challenge kids, you know, can you get like, if we start out one of each of these colors a day, can you then get two of each color a day in your diet with food that you're eating? And I'm like, and it can't be fruit loops or Skittles. Those don't count, <laughs> you know, right. but, uh -huh. but it really, it's, it's so much. And I, especially now, like I really, really get to focus on prevention uh, certainly like with diabetes, those kind of things like reversal, mm -hmm. you know, with type two diabetes, with, with mm -hmm. lifestyle change and diet and all of that thing, like we can, we can change those. Of course we can. I think my plumber just says, so I had a, pl a plumber who just said, yeah, you know, went to the doctor and yeah, I was pre-diabetic. He goes, so I just stopped drinking soda and my numbers are already better. And I'm like, good for you. You know, so this is, you know, our, our normal normal world, you know, you and I tend to hang with the people who are functional medicine, who are working on their health, you know, right. but, but we want to help, we want to help those other, other people want to help everybody see that they can make some lifestyle changes. Absolutely. And change and change it up. Yeah. Yeah. And get, them, get themselves healthy. Right. We can impact each of these individuals and their families, which then helps them impact those around them. So that's how we can, so we can implement change, you know, in our grassroots way. Yes. And it sounds like you're doing such a great job with that. So kudos to you and thank goodness, because you're in a small little area um, and they're so grateful, I'm sure to have you there, Jill, you know, all, all of your people that get to work with you. You know, when you're, when you're not working, what does Jill like to do in her off, off work time, free time? In my free time, I like to ride my, I have lots of bicycles, so I ride bicycles. Okay. So mountain bikes and gravel bikes and road bikes and and my little cruiser around town bike. Oh, fun. Things. So I like <laughs> to bike and I bike in, I bike year round, so I bike in the winter as well. But I also run and hike and, and like you, I, I have a garden at home. Um, I like to cook. I like to read. Wonderful. It, it, yeah, it's not, it's, it's almost too many things that I like to do. <laughs> you I like to do. <laughs> I can't do them all. 
<laughs> and and I like to camp and travel around this. The state is really amazing. Yeah, I mean, wow. You know, I'm just thinking. You know, I'm I'm seeing. I'm starting to see pictures in my mind as I'm I'm talking to you of Alaska, and I've never been. I'm going to come visit you. Okay, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> I've got to get to. Be- it's so beautiful here. I've got to get to. I've got to get to Alaska. Oh gosh, that just sounds. That sounds wonderful. Um, and so you're keeping your body healthy by all the exercise that you do. And I know that you eat right. And you're also really helping, helping your families. It sounds like teaching them. So you're, you're teaching, right. yeah, you're teaching them how to stay healthy. Yeah. You know, it, um, how do you keep your, would you say you keep your, your brain healthy? What works for you? Sleep. Sleep. Okay. Sleep is really important to me. Um, obviously, nutrition, movement, those mm-hmm. things, you know, all of those things are really important, you know, really. Yeah. I mean, movement is so imperative and and sleep. And sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, and nutrition. Like, those are the things that we've got to do. And, you know, the other thing I do is um, I meditate. Uh, I meditate and journal, too. So those Wonderful. are that are pretty important to me. You know what? Do you ever teach your, your patients that? Oh, uh, we talk about meditation. You know? uh, I do. Uh, you know, and it's, it's interesting because some people either meditate and we talk about movement and, and, and just being present, mm-hmm. but I have, a, I should have brought them in my office. I have a, a little tone therapy system that one of my psychiatrists uh, colleagues introduced me to, and it's called NOW Tone Therapy System. Uh huh. It's really neat. It's they're like little hockey pucks. There's two little discs. It's binaural beats. Oh, cool. And so, when you come into if if you come into my office after like before or after vitals are done and those kind of things, you're going to be handed this tone therapy system. Nice. And, and we turn them on. It's three minutes. Uh huh. And so most people are like, wow, you know, like, that's great. That's cool. Or what is that? Um, And so, you know, like, I I guess I'm always trying to look for ways to introduce. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you say um, meditate, people are just like, I can't sit still. Right. They can't. Yeah. They, they, they don't yeah. even want to try. They, there's a block against that. I see that with sure. some people. Yeah. Or they're like, my mind's too busy. And, you know, so sometimes breathing four, seven, eight breathing, I will use these tones. People love these tones because yes. I think that's enough of a distraction. Um, it's sound therapy, you know, it's, it so, it's sound therapy. And, you know, when you think about in ancient times, we went to the, um, concerts yeah i mean i'm saying ancient times i'm thinking of the old concerts with all the classical music i mean even if we went back a couple hundred years you know um you know and how important music was and sound was and the gregorian monks chant the cephedio frequencies i use that a lot i play that in a biofeedback device for people and send them to youtube to listen to sound therapy for even helping with different ailments in their body the frequency right no, I was yeah. listening to those this morning. Yeah, yeah. So there's so much, you know, we can do today. And I love the, the openness of what you're able to give your people, you know, mm-hmm. there and the and the whole direction that you took your your medicine. Um, and so kudos to you. Congratulations, Jill, on 
you know, on integrating all of this. So you become more an integrative medicine doctor. I just love the fact that you have that, but all the background, like, like when I get to talk to medical doctors who are studying functional medicine, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You know, you're going to have such a great background that you can help people with. Right. Um, so that's so beautiful. That's just really, really beautiful. Gosh, thank you so much for being with us today. You know, if you were going to leave our audience with, with one tip, you know, one health tip, what would it be? One health tip, you know, one one thing that I would say that I would like to empower everyone. Number Mm -hmm. one, um, we, we have, and our bodies have the ability to heal themselves Uh in most cases, you know, and I would say, ask why, ask, ask why, when, when you have, if you are told you have high blood pressure, if you're told that you have type two diabetes, you know, start, start asking why, like whether you ask why of your healthcare practitioner or physician, mm-hmm. you know, like, because that's what starts to get us there. These diagnoses to me, rather than being, we'll say a tombstone, you know, they really are a, a great point at which we can say, why, why is this happening? Like. How can I reverse that? And I, I, uh-huh. I feel like that's that's often missing. And I would encourage people to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I, I so often uh, get feedback sometimes that people are like, oh, they're too busy for me to ask a question. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like if somebody is too busy, maybe you should find a different person to talk to. Because if you can't ask questions when it comes to you, um, your family member or child or a parent's health, what's the system for? Of course, of course. And I'm thinking about how kids ask why. (laughs) Right. That's their biggest question. Um, And I can tell as you're saying that what I love, what I love about you, Jill, is you, you, when, when, you're saying this from your heart. You're saying like, ask why. So the why isn't about the head. The why is like, let's get some internal answers here. Ask your doctor, but ask yourself. Right. You know, and your, your body knows it will tell you, it will tell you. And your soul knows and your soul needs movement. So you're biking, you're hiking, you're, you know, the, the movements you do, your soul needs that to grow. And you, you clearly have grown your soul through the challenges that you went through in your life. Yeah. And overcame. Um, this is yeah. just, being, this is, yeah. Yeah. We all do, right. We're all on that path. And especially right now we're being called to grow on a bigger level, you know, we're, than ever before. And to really get a spiritual practice or a deeper faith, whatever that is for each individual person. Right. It, yeah. I would just say too, like, if you go through challenges and when you go through challenges, mm-hmm. look, look, look beyond, try to look beyond. It's, it's hard sometimes when you're in the middle of a challenge, but look beyond and, and try to figure out, you know, what is the message? What am I learning here? What, what good, even if it feels horrible and overwhelming, like what can I take away from this in terms of growth? Because though we do learn most about ourselves um, and our interactions through those challenges. 
Like that's where we have our biggest leaps. And so, yeah, it's so important. You know, ask why, think why, wonder why. Wonder, oh, that's great. I love it. So the why, so let's, let's, let's leave it, let's leave it at that. Um, thank you so much again for being with us today and sharing your wisdom and sharing your heart um, and your story um, and all the good things that you're doing in the world. And you can reach you can reach out to Jill on her website. It's nowhealthpalmer.com. So definitely reach out to her there. You know, and if you, gosh, if you're listening from Alaska, go see her in person. <laughs> you know, and if you visit too, I'm sure she would love to to, um, you know, connect with you. So again, thank you so much, Jill, for being here. Thank you, Louise, and thanks for all that you're doing, especially uh, in terms of brain and soul and all It's the been fun, so fun. And until next time, everyone, follow your heart, but take your brain with you. 